Welcome to the Story Life Podcast, Episode Nine.、Uh, my name is Clinton Cornwell, and I'm here with my co-host Alan C. Gardner. We are both independent filmmakers, creative folk, entrepreneurs, producers. <laughs> You know, gig giggers in the entertainment industry. We do all sorts of things, but mostly multi hyphenates. Yeah, mostly、yes. mostly we're writer directors, creatives in the film industry. We're here to talk about what living that kind of life is like,、mm-hmm. the ups and downs of it,、mm-hmm. the the emotions of it, the details, the little nuances of it. Little context. Uh, we were recording this intro and the concluding outro around now. Now is November fourth, two thousand twenty-two. But the main episode was recorded in late June, two thousand twenty. Back in two thousand twenty, we started recording these whenever we had a chance, just because we loved talking. Mostly for a while, we weren't even sure if we were gonna publish them, but、uh, we decided we definitely wanted to, and, and now we are. Now we're we're sharing these conversations with you folks. Yeah, in this episode, we talk about several of the short films I have directed. Sarah divided. Baron Sally and Dumb Boys—they're some of my earlier works, so they're definitely on the rougher side. But I'd appreciate it, and I think it would、uh, enrich this episode for you if you, y'all would check out those short films before listening to the rest of the episode. You can find them on my YouTube channel. Just you know, Clinton Cornwell on YouTube. Cool. Yeah, check them out, and then come back and listen to the rest of this episode. All right, here we go. Let's do it. Hey, man. How's it going? Not too bad. Okay. How are you? Two two weeks, right? Like a little more than two weeks till the new baby. Yeah. Oh, rough. So it is. So she's thirty five weeks and one day pregnant, to be precise. So、Ooh. the way she's measuring. So the due date is July twenty seventh, but the way that she's measuring,、oh. maybe like two like two weeks earlier. So right now it's still you know. I mean, also this these things can happen, especially past the thirty seventh. I mean, it could come. He could come any time. But you know, you try to keep them in. Try to keep them in there. <laughs> you do it. Not as much you can do to keep them in there, but like until at least the thirty-seven week、um, mark, mm-hmm. marker. Because then after thirty-seven weeks, then you know he's pretty fully fully formed. It's a lot safer for him to come out after thirty-seven weeks. So we'll see. It could be two weeks. It could be five weeks. I know my wife is definitely you know pushing for less than five, less weeks. Than five weeks. <laughs> yeah, maybe I think she's pushing for like because you know she wants to make sure he's obviously as safe and healthy as possible. So I think. She would be like, you know, three weeks from now would be ideal. Are you like waiting on her hand and foot right now? Is that <laughs> is that what the situation's like?、Uh, well, it's in, so I'm basically yeah, as much as possible. So because all right, well, here's also how it differs from last time. This is an obvious one, but it's also something that we're very much so you know, is that you know last time we didn't have a kid already. Yeah. This time we do. So it's a combination of you know I'm trying to make sure like waiting on her as much as possible and also taking care of him. As much as possible, and then, you know, balancing that with the other stuff I need to take care of. So, but yeah, I mean, I'm definitely trying to do everything I can to make sure that she doesn't have to lift a, a finger whenever not necessary. I mean, you know, she's still like、yeah. she needs to like she goes on walks pretty much every day because that's good for some she's supposed to be doing. She does some yoga as well as much as possible. So, you know, it's it's actually it's helpful for her to be active to an extent. But also, like now, like you know, I'm trying to make sure she's getting some naps in, like when she can. You know, basically, just every day, you're, you're just feeling it out more and more, and I'm basically just trying to constantly just feel out like what she needs on any given day, and just you know, accommodate that as best as I can. So anyway, because that was another thing actually, like last time too, is we didn't have a kid. When she wanted to lay down, she would most for the most part, you know, just like lay down. But that actually turns out that caused some problems. 
not like big problems, but like it caused some more pains because she wasn't moving around as quite as much. Oh, okay. I mean, she still was, but like now, like with the kid, like it's good for her to like to move around to an extent. Anyway, so that's the whole thing. It's like it's a balancing act. You know what I mean? All your family stuff aside, I know you love your family and all those responsibilities. All that is how are you, how are you feeling? Uh, I'm good. I mean, yeah, no, I I appreciate that, but yeah, I mean, it's I'm so like you know, it's so tied into like how they're doing that. Uh. Yeah, like they're doing well right now, so I'm doing, <laughs> I'm doing well. And no, I'm feeling great. Like right before we hopped on, like because now we're trying to figure out. Uh, I'm still trying to figure out my unemployment situation. Still trying to figure yeah, it out. Yeah, yeah. Which the last the guy when I talked to him like three weeks ago, he said it might not get worked out until like early January. So basically, I'm not. Ex- what the fuck? I, yeah, dude. I mean, not. Oh shoot, sorry, I misspoke. I'm tired. Early July. Jesus. Okay. <laughs> I misspoke. I, like- I misspoke. Yeah, no, God, no, that would be ridiculous. Early July, um, which is still seeming like, like you know, since this was going it's on, it's still since, been a process for you. It's been going on since mid, since March sixteenth. Yeah, so I'm just hoping for like you know the result that we're that we need and that we're hoping for. So I'm just trying to stay positive about that. And now we're trying to figure out yeah. like you know with her unemployment situation as far as because you know she was working at this restaurant that like just opened back up like last week. So now it's like okay, do we but she can't, you know, she's not going back to work right now. She can't. So it's like, are we f- switching over to maternity leave then? But since she doesn't technically work there right now, like, or would we just keep doing unemployment like we have been doing? So anyway, I was doing a, having a phone call about that right after we hopped on. That's why I needed like five more minutes. So anyway. Do you guys have uh, Medi-Cal or some sort of healthcare plan? Yeah, yeah. We've got healthcare coverage. Yeah, yeah. So we're good there. It's just what we do with this, with both of <laughs> both of our somewhat complicated, not super complicated, but like obviously mine again, unemployment's been going on like this for three and a half months. I'm just hoping that it works out and then uh, doing everything I can to make sure it works out. And then with hers, we're just trying to make sure we handle that correctly. So. It's going to be, I'm excited. It's going to be, a, it's, it's going to be a, like, I'm looking forward to like us finding our footing, like with having, you know, two kids under two going at the same time. It'd be cool. Cause again, like, you know, last time when we had Lyle, like that was obviously, you know, our first kid, a huge learning experience, but then we were also doing yeah. that without also, you know, raising another child like simultaneously. So, but yeah, I'm up for it. I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> Let's do this anyway. So yeah, I, I just want to make the enthusiasm. What's that? I can feel it. I can feel the enthusiasm. <laughs> Dude, I'm super excited. Like, I want it to happen now. Um, I'm also just like <laughs> trying to make sure, like, you know, that I'm as much as possible, I'm only going to do things not directly involving my family. Like, if I absolutely have to do them, like in August or the end of July. Um, yeah. Yeah. I just need to be like available, a bit, like nothing on the books uh, during that month and a half. Again, as much as possible. So where are you at with Breaker Breaker? Have you continued writing on it? I've I've just said, well, I wrote the first draft. I told you that though, right? Yeah. You finished the first draft? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I finished that like a month ago or like four weeks ago. It was a month ago. I I feel in my mind you're still in the outlining phases. (laughs) No, I finished the first draft. Maybe it was like three, three and a half weeks ago. It was like the very end of May. So yeah. So no. And then, yeah. So I wrote that. I'm waiting for notes on that. And then, yeah, so I'm good. So I've set that aside for now and then like doing some like, you know, preliminary, like I like to do like my big, you know, pre-production like to-do list, like start laying things out for like, you know, from now to the end of the year, like what we need to accomplish and like roughly like when we need to accomplish these things by. Because again, this is just like basically right now I'm like in pre-pre-production. I'm like setting yeah. up. Pre-production won't really start until like September, but I'm kind of like setting this 
setting the table for that, trying to get as many things like in motion and lined up as possible. So we'll be ready to kind of dive more fully into it in September. Are you revising the script a lot? For usually like when I'm able to, like I'll just, you know, I set it aside for a while and then I won't come back. I want to come back to it with fresh eyes and also with the input from Gilliam and get his thoughts before I dive back into it. So right now I'm honestly trying not to like, no, I'm not, I'm not thinking of it in scripting terms right now. As well, usually, like I'll set it aside for a while and now I'm working on like other, you know, I'm in post-production on Baby Come Home, which I barely have time to work on right now, but I'm trying to find more time for, but mostly right now, I mean like, you know, it's getting everything ready for, it's just, you know, no, I'm not, <laughs> man, Whew. I'm not writing on it right now. No, no, <laughs> no, that was the whole you goal. You're tired. I'm tired. I'm also just like, you ever cut yourself like when you're trying to explain like, cause there's always like a million things I have like. I'm huge on to-do lists and I have like to-do lists where I have sometimes yeah. like, the most minute things that I have to like check off the list, but I will put it on a to-do list for the most part because I want to make sure that it gets done. And I also need to yeah. prior prior like my days right now are made up of so many like minute things, some of them bigger than others, but like, you know, little things that like, okay, I got to go through this, 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 like I get like right before I called and uh, about the unemployment situation for, for Chelsea, like right before that we were going through, we had it narrowed down to like two double strollers so I had on my to-do list, like, okay, like, settle on, you know, figure out which double stroller we're going to get next. It was an item on the on the to-do list. Um, so, you know, spent a good amount of time making notes for different these two double strollers and making sure we're getting the right one. Uh, so on yeah. and so forth. Things things like that. So now, kind of the whole idea was get a draft of Breaker Breaker done by the end of May. And then th- this month of June is basically not, yeah, not working on that at all. Editing break, uh, Baby Come Home, like, when I can. But mostly trying to, you know, setting the stage for the new baby. So, yeah, like organizing all the clothes and busting out all the old baby stuff and just getting the place set up. Um, What stage is baby coming home at? It's still early in in post-production. So you're like, what, do you have a rough cut? No, 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 no. It's still early. I want to like it's <laughs> you're like it's so early. <laughs> no, yeah, no, that's the thing. It's like it's yeah, it's hard to even. Say. I'm I'm in the process of it, but I would I would just say that for now that it's it's very early on. I'm excited to have more time to dive into it, but I truly do not <laughs> have hardly any time for it right now. But again, yeah, like yeah. you know, it is. It's like it's all prioritizing, and like for me, it's like any time I spend on that, I have to make sure. Like right now, I have to make sure that there aren't like. All these other minute things that I'm telling you about, like, I got to get them done, done, like, checking them off the list. And then when – anyway, I'm just kind of babbling now. But this is, like, how my brain works. For, like, <laughs> You're not babbling. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm just – I'm so – like, as you get to know me more, like, I'm very, like, hypervigilant about, like, make I'm everything is time management and making sure that I'm maximizing my time as best as possible. And I'm really too hard on myself about that. But – yeah, I mean, I've got, you know, some serious responsibilities. I'm trying to make sure that I'm I'm uh, yeah. owning up to all those things and not beating myself up over things unnecessarily because that's very much like, you know, I mean, that's been my MO since I was a boy. Like, you know, it's just I'm very, 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 very hard on myself. And that's something I've been working on a lot over the <laughs> over the years. How are you doing? And then pretty soon we're going we're gonna to start talking about your old films here in a little bit, as you know. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm good. I'm, um, you know, I feel a bit more focused. I got really sort of motivated over the weekend in a certain sense. And, and you know, I'm trying now to sort of get more active and, and structure my time a little bit better. Like you said, taking advantage of time and uh, really get some stuff going. And so to that end, over the weekend, I sort of just reached out to all my post people 
on 12 months, set out a deadline for finishing the film and everybody got back quickly and was on board and said, yeah, let's doable. Let's do it. So that's really nice. Uh, So hopefully if all goes well and everybody sticks to their deadlines, trying to uh, have 12 months completely finished by the Sundance early deadline, which is August 17th. Oh, nice. Cool. It's just a nice is a nice thing to shoot for, so it'll feel good. Like whether the film gets into Sundance or any other other festival or not, you know, it'll just feel good to to have it completely done and, and have it completely be a product. So I'm excited for that. The only thing is, I gotta fly Elizabeth in for ADR, and then there's also a really small scene we have to pick up, which is the two characters on the beach at Santa Monica swimming together. Oh wow! So you have a, you got additional. Uh, photography for that yeah there's 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 a there's a shot in the film which is it's sort of in the middle of the film where the two uh the two leads are they kind of have this cute little moment at the beach but originally that was part of another scene altogether, and and sort of it's sort of being cribbed for something that was not really intended to do and so i think it's functional right now within the film but it's really only weekly doing what it should be doing i think and visually, it's not as nice as a lot of the other stuff in the film. I feel like, gotcha. and also, I, th- I think there's there's a there's room there to incorporate reincorporate another element in the film, which is the Ferris wheel. And so now, now yeah, even though all this time later, going back to grab just one more shot before wow. we finish off, just because I just you know it's my first feature, and I've put so much fucking time and effort, yeah, uh, as, as so many people have, into this movie, and I just you know going forward. Different features made under different circumstances. You know, I can feel myself being able to let things go a little bit more. But with this thing, I, I, I just don't want to. I don't want to move on from it with with something that I think is such to me a flaw, but also is very fixable. You right. know, mm-hmm. like it would take some effort, but I can see in my mind already a much better way we can execute it. And I think it will sort of enhance the film. And so, yeah, all this time later, going back. No, that's grab cool. one little One little shot. I feel bad mostly for Elizabeth because she has to dye her hair again. Uh, um, yeah. Where does she live <laughs> now? Is, you have to fly her back. She's Where? in Atlanta right now. Yeah. Uh, when did she move there? She, um, she's been going back and forth for a while. And sort of after we finished gotcha. up principal, basically, on 12 months, she... Moved there permanently. Uh, she grew up there, so she has she actually has a house there. Oh, that's cool. Which is the other thing I'm sort of focused on because she has a house there. I'm kind of like pulling together another small feature. I forget if I talked about this last week, but I'm pulling together another small feature with her that her and I could shoot on a very small budget. I could, I think we could do it for like five thousand uh, dollars over the course of a couple of weeks. At the, at that house. At at her house, and, you know, and that's part of the reason why we could do it so cheap is because we'd have the location of her house. Cool. And yeah, so I'm writing on that right now with her we're co-writing it together cool. i'm considering p- potentially acting in it myself that's something i'm sort of like weighing sweet but no decision on that imminent but it's something i've been curious about and i've also been curious about the process of sort of co-writing co-directing co-starring with another actor in in a film sure. and kind of doing a two-hander that way and and like i've been curious about that experience and so you know i'm thinking maybe this is a low risk low budget way to kind of scratch that itch or kind of explore that curiosity so sure but that's not all a go yet still just considering it nothing nothing's for sure yet until i get a more robust outline probably of the of the project it's kind of a horror movie about a couple sort of 
stuck together despite their relationship going to shit. So yeah, it's nice to have that stuff to focus on. And and now it's just uh, on a day-to-day basis, kind of like being on myself and trying to be disciplined, but also forgiving of myself and, you know, try and cultivate those habits a little bit more. I feel like I kind of got knocked out of a rhythm and I'm trying to get back into it now. Yeah, I've started uh, brainstorming a bit, just like, you know, here and there on something about another one that like, It'll, it'll be a while before I can do this one because Breaker Breaker is, is as far as like my stuff goes that I'm going to direct, like that's next. And that won't be until at least a year from now. And then, you know, that's going to be a play and then a movie. And we're doing an album too. So that's going to be a whole process. Anyway, but I'm trying to think of, I'm figuring out one that like, oh, the next one I want to do with Brad that I want to co direct with Brad. So I've kind of started just like um, brainstorming a bit here and there, like on what that might be. And it's probably going to be like a single location thing as well. And a very, very, very small. It might even be like another, like uh, just a, a man and a woman, like in that cast as well. It's kind of what I've been thinking. Because like, I and I want to revisit also like a horror comedy. Like I'm kind of like thinking of like the the horror ballpark or maybe the horror comedy ballpark. So that'll be fun. Whenever that happens, I mean that might that literally might not be until like I would say at the earliest like two years from now, maybe three. It can be your it can be your cheat project while you uh, get through Breaker Breaker and raising a new child. It can be my what? What project? Your cheat project. It's like the project that it's like you're committed to, to a project right now, but your cheat project is the one like you think about all the time. Oh, that's funny. Okay, I gotcha. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know that term. Yeah, it's a fun one. Basically, like, I'll think about it like my mind will go to it like on like morning runs or like in the shower or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, like grab a few minutes. It's fun to just like think about because sometimes it's, it's great to go to that place of like, oh, like kind of like a clean, like it's, I love toggling back and forth. Like I like, you know, having that very like, I'm in the thick of it with this project and I'm like so in it and like thinking about the details of that and like really like fine tuning it and like, you know what I mean? You have all that there and it's tangible and you're, you're just, yeah, you're in the thick of it. Right. And then sometimes it's fun to like to go to that mental space of like, Oh, like clean slate. Like I'm, you know, starting this project like from scratch. So your mind can kind of like work in a very different kind of way there. It's, it's more about just kind of exploring these, you know what I'm saying? These ideas and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. And because <coughs> at the beginning, the idea generation part of a project is like very sexy. It's like very yeah, yeah, easy totally. and fun. And like you just get to let your mind wander and let your sort of creativity totally. flow in whatever direction it wants. Yeah. Once. And like totally. the middle of a project is hard, you know? Um, right. Especially that sort of like middle pre-production like development part of a project is probably the hardest part because it's sort of the like you're past the sexy like idea part but you're still really far from from the fun stuff of of shooting it and like seeing the final product and stuff and so i find that most to be when my mind wanders and then the other hard part is when like you've shot it or whatever and you still have like a long time in post left to go and 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 that gets you i find uh yeah jazzed up to think about other stuff as mm-hmm. well yeah but that's just the ebbs and flows of making a movie indeed speaking of making movies smooth segue i recently <laughs> watched three short films micro emotions did you pic- watch them all today micro emotion pictures if you will i did watch them all today uh, by the names Bear- fresh baron sally dumb boys and sarah divided are you familiar are you familiar with these films clinton Oh yeah! Oh yes! Very, very familiar. My, uh, my early works, which will, um, if we ever end up actually releasing any of these, we'll have uh, links to that in the show notes. All cool. three of them, so you can watch them as we talk about them. I like that. So let, let's let's get into it. Well, it's hard not to talk. So Baron Sally, 
and dumb boys are connected as we as we just well okay let me go ahead and say spoiler alerts for for anyone out there who hasn't seen uh well actually i I guess we kind of have to be able to talk about these all right if you haven't seen baron sally and dumb boys all you all you folks out there uh, and you're you're not wanting to have anything spoiled you should probably uh stop now with this episode (laughs) yeah that was fun like i liked i liked watching barry well obviously the very end of barry and sally is uh, a bit of a jolt funny and sad simultaneously uh no it was cool like you got you got you got us into like this nice like you know i feel like you you little viewers in this nice rhythm like oh this sweet couple just their vibe is very recognizable that sweet like you know that in a relationship like discovering each other and like having that kind of uh when you feel it yeah that's that you know, yeah like they said like you know super couple and whatnot it's well, let me say that. Let me say this real quick. I mean, I'd done like one short film before this, and a bunch of like scene work and stuff in my film program at UNLV. These are more or less, I would say, like my first three real short films. Cool. Kind of. I will say I don't think any of them are that good, but they are important in terms sure. of like my path as a filmmaker, and certainly my growth as a filmmaker. And sure. also, they all were made basically within like a six month period i think so it's all kind of related in this in this time related to the puffy chair which we talked about right on a previous episode of how i kind of like took the jolt of inspiration off of seeing the puffy chair and being my mind being open to this other way of filmmaking and these are the three short films that sort of like immediately followed that and also during this time i was preparing to go to grad school as well and i was trying to become as good a filmmaker as i could before i went off to grad school so gotcha. um that's that's where these come from so real fast mike scott and, and reagan pfeiffer what was their relationship in in real life or did they have them, just just actors okay just my people and you said hey mike and reagan what i'm gonna do is I'm gonna make a, a, a trilogy of films in which your relationship it's not good. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you guys are gonna play two, two different couples, and in both situations, it's not going. It's not going so well. All right. Uh, no, I was just kind of curious while watching that, and especially watching them all back to back to back. Like, um, I was just wondering, like, oh, you know, oh, did, I wonder what Mike and Reagan if they were actually like a couple in real life, because uh, they play off each other nicely, and all, and um, and yeah, just where that. So those like, those were your go to actors back then. Those are your people. And, uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. And Andrew, I'm always, you know, I'm familiar with Andrew from, you know, seeing some of your more recent work. That, your first film that I saw, Kiss and Tell. Yeah, Kiss yeah. and Tell. Uh, yeah, he was he was great in that. He and Elizabeth were great in that. So yeah, Baron Sally, like I was saying. So basically, yeah, you get like lulled into this nice sense of like, and I think it's like the perfect length, like four minutes of, you know, watching this couple kind of like you know go Google over each other, and then all of a sudden, boom, comes the the haymaker. I think that's a boxing term. I've heard it somewhere. And yeah, <laughs> and uh, I like how you paved the way for that nicely with the whole like I love that with the Joey like you know like a minute minute and a half prior whatever it was like she's like yeah Joey just said like how we're a great couple and I was like oh you said that like said that like you know what was the context or whatever I remember the exact lines uh, but basically you know he just kind of said it out of nowhere just kind of like tossed her out there like oh that's cool blah 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 and then uh, you know you plant that seed and then uh, right at the very end I <laughs> I slept with Joey and I said oh. And I'm and I'm like you know that's when I could feel the the Clinton Cornwell I'm like this is definitely a Clinton film. <laughs> <laughs> Everything seems like it's going so well with <laughs> for these two and it's all very authentic and sweet and relatable and then like oh shit just hit the fan. So you filmed all of them in 2010. Bear and Sally was the end of 
2010 and then the other two were early 2011 gotcha in terms of so since we're talking about baron sally yeah i basically saw the puffy chair and then i think within a month or two we had made baron sally i was just like this is the idea and we're just we're just going for it and like that was just me and the two actors sort of in my bedroom for (laughs) eight hours shooting that thing you know, like I had a boom on a C stand and another mic on the camera, and I was just single cam, just shooting for like eight hours. And um, I just I I look back at how enabling that was for me because I mean obviously it's it's far from a perfect movie, but you know I had I got some really great emotional responses to the film to see that i could essentially just go and do that by myself like no problem yeah. like that was very that was very empowering very to, yeah, yeah. to know that filmmaking was so accessible to me you know there was really from then on basically the only barriers to me making a film were only really ever myself because I just had to choose the right subject matter and I could make something. Yeah, you can definitely tell like it's an early film of yours and you can definitely feel like in a good way like the puffy chair influence and whatnot, but it's great. It was a great like, you know, so what it was 10 years ago? Yeah. It's a great like uh tight 4 minutes uh first short there. And again, like I really like like that's the kind of stuff I really pick up on too. Like I love like the little just the subtle that like the way that you planted the Joey seed in there and the way that that was handled was I felt very realistic and but it also didn't like, you know, tip the hand too much as far as like oh something's going on with joey here like they play that really well yeah mike and reagan so then, but, but, but at the same time by the time the reveal comes it's like oh that was kind of what was going on there okay now i get it <laughs> so no it was, it was it was good man it was a nicely constructed for short there when did dumb boys when did you decide i i guess just from the outset where you're like you know what we're making a sequel to baron sally but sally's gonna take a knee she's gonna be on the side on the sidelines of this one or had you started working on dumb boys like an idea of these two guys like hanging out drinking beers and whatnot and then you're like oh i'm gonna make this a baron sally sequel if you will and this is joey do you remember how that came about i was just kind of curious I don't, I don't really. I think it was more of its own idea, but then I thought and I and then I thought about the conflict. I was like, ah, let's just let's just connect this. Like yeah, just, I can it see was that. less like it was less like, oh, let's make a trilogy and like do this whole thing. It was just more like let's connect these characters and these situations and stuff. And the funny thing actually, because it's improv and that was like a totally wild weird shoot. Again, that was just a one day shoot over like ten hours, I think. But we actually had Reagan come by as Sally. Um <laughs> So we have we have a couple hours of footage with her. Oh, okay. And like I didn't tell the guys, Mike and Andrew who played Baron Joey, I didn't tell them that she was coming. So like they're in the middle like I just told her, like I texted oh, that's her, cool. Okay, come in now in that's the middle cool. of a take. And because it was all improv, like they all they just had to like react to it that's in funny. the moment. To their credit, they all they all stuck with it really well and you know that was a wild experience too i learned uh, i learned a ton in terms of that one was my first sort of like multi-cam we had two cameras on that one okay there was much more going on in terms of movement obviously and and you know kind of like emotional ups and downs but also uh mike after i think it was the second take when reagan after reagan had come in like things were just getting so fucking raw and crazy and out of control like mike just kind of like broke down after one of the takes and started oh jeez started just like weeping and like he had gone through like a break a big breakup i think like six months earlier or something like that and like this was sort of like 
making all of that very real for him. Oh, wow. And uh, that was that was uh, a big lesson for me in terms of like, you know, you can't just do things as a director and try things and throw things at the actors like in a total vacuum. Like right. there is there's consequences there and it's your responsibility to protect them and take care of them and realize, you know, sort of what you're asking of the people to right you know of the actors like giving their emotional selves to your project and 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 how you need to to take a real responsibility for that yeah that was a big that was a real big moment for me okay so doubling back just a little bit but it kind of pertains to all three and maybe in in differing differing ways So, so you said improv so with baron sally like what was the document like what was the manuscript that you handed to the actors like was it just was it an outline was it like certain like key lines to hit and like everything else in between was improv or like how did you go about executing that I, obviously they knew i mean i'm sure that they said knew from the beginning it's like okay you got to mention joey like somewhere in here or now's the time to mention joey then here's the last line essentially or here's the last beat for baron sally maybe there was like a one-page document about okay. and maybe there was a few prompts of specific things we needed right. to hit but never like written lines i, I typically try not to call i've learned I try not to call lines in improv stuff because if you do, the actors sort of get stuck on them. And uh, if if you're calling a line is like, oh, here's the throwaway version, but I want this is generally what I want you to come up with. Uh-huh. Like they're just they're just gonna stick to that throwaway version. Gotcha. Uh, and it's gonna be harder for them to put it into their own words. In my experience. So yeah, Bear 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 and Sally was just like, here's this document. I had a conversation with Mike, I had a conversation with Reagan, you know, sat down for coffee, and then we just sort of went. We just It was just like, go. Gotcha. <laughs> and then little tweaks in between takes uh, here and there, and we broke it up into a few different sections. Obviously, the end was kind of its own little thing a bit, and some bits about referencing Joey, but other than that, it was just kind of like, just go, go, go. Fair enough. Cool. And similar with like with Dumb Boys as well, and maybe also Stereo Divided. Like are all the, like you kind of give the actors the outline. You talk, you discuss like here's what's going on. Dumb Boys, there was more of a script. I think I actually did write a proper script at one point for that, but I think we quickly threw that away. And just sort of as the day went along, we just sort of experimented and followed where the actors went and what the best takes were. And you know, obviously, we got the Reagan element thrown there at some point. And the original ending written was like they actually shoot each other, I think, or something like that. Oh. But, you know, what we were filming was just so much more interesting. And so we completely abandoned that. There was like another half to half to the movie that we didn't end up shooting. We just kind of like were following what was interesting. And we were just kind of doing take after take of like almost the entire thing, like the entire run of the short and just letting it run sort of wherever the actors wanted to run with it. Cool. Like, how, however they wanted to... they Like, there wasn't even a place of, like, get to here because this is going to be the ending. It's, it was literally just like, all right, you guys come, you sit down, you're drinking beers, and then, you know, Andrew, at a certain point, you're going to bring up what you did. From there, it was just whatever. Just go wherever you feel like going with it. And um, that was pretty wild, you know, but that was probably too wild is what I learned from that experience, even though it was like kind of very riveting and amazing just to let the actors run free like that. Mm-hmm. Unless you really nailed it all in one, it was it was tough to really bring together even with the multicam. So. And then um, Sarah Divided was scripted. Reagan approached me after that. She's like, I have this script. I want 
you to direct it. I want Craig, our cinematographer, to shoot it. I'm going to be in it, and Mike's going to be in it, and our friend Justin's going to be in it. And yeah, that's it. And I was like, okay, let's do it. And so I developed the script with her for a little while. And then we ended up shooting, as a way of differentiating between the feels of the two scenes, the scenes between Reagan and Mike were scripted, and then the scenes between Reagan and Justin were uh, improv. Interesting. Anyway, so that, that was an interesting one. I'll go into like, not that, like, I really, like, Dumb Boys was my favorite just to watch. I enjoyed all three, but Dumb Boys, it just, <laughs> from the moment it just, like, cause it started, like, just a couple guys, like, having beers and whatnot. And then part of the extra kick of fun for that was when you realize, like, oh, this is a fucking, se- a very different, like, tonally, so, you know, somewhat, to- you know, totally different sequel to, to Bear and Sally. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when it's like, did you slip, Joey? Did you slip? I got a lot of enjoyment out of out of that. As I realized, oh my god, he's expanding the Baron Sally universe uh, right before <laughs> right before my very eyes. That took it to the next level, and then I just it, just, it was just, it was a lot of fun. I thought you handled that uh, really well because that's also I'm not used to um, with your work. Like it was fun to see like oh something more. It was still very grounded, but more overtly you know, comedic. Mm-hmm. It was still very, very, you know, tethered in reality. Yeah. Going in slightly more of a, a comedic direction. Yeah. Which was cool. And then, yeah, I mean, they're all, you know, really well done. I, and again, I could tell like, yes, these are obviously like some of your earlier films, but still like your style and your voice is very much present in all three. And it's cool to see like how you've continued to build, you know, find your footing uh, more and more and like keep like building upon what you established 10 years ago um, and how you've grown since then. And yeah, I mean, with Sarah divided too, it was just like, Oh man, like, yeah, it's, I was glad that they wound up back together. I was glad that she didn't go through with anything with, again, that total piece of shit, uh, <laughs> the blue balls guy. <laughs> and that's another thing that like, it's fun with your work too. Like, I do get like, I get like involved with the character. Like I get invested in the characters and, uh, like, you That's know, when we talked about 12 months, like, I won't say anything about 12 months right here, just, you know, cause I'm, you probably are trying to avoid some spoilers for that as of right now. But yeah, certain frustrations that I felt because things were so, you know, realistic and, you know, I recognized certain things from myself or different people in my life or whatnot, people I've known, what have you. Um, so I will get frustrated with, uh, with your characters in a way that I think is good. Yeah, that's always like a fine line to walk because... It is. It's a very fine line. When you create realistic characters in in such a way that people get realistically frustrated with them. Sure. It can be a negative experience in a movie sometimes for for some viewers where they, you know, they expect, especially people who aren't necessarily always attuned to that kind of filmmaking, I find. You know, it's like... Oh, I want my hero to be a hero. Why aren't they? Why aren't they doing the hero things? Why are they being so stupid right now? Right. That's always a fine line to walk for sure, as I'm, as I'm sure you've experienced in your work. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, yeah, it can be a very fine line. We got lucky comes to mind, like as far as I remember hearing like certain reactions with Matt Gilliam's character Aaron, because Aaron is a very like you know he's kind of like the more so to speak like you know he fucks up a lot. Because for me, it's like my character is very like can be very you know in a realistic way, like very frustrating and very like, you know, when I watch it now, I'm like, you know, shaking my head in the way that like, I would want to like, you know, where you think back about certain things that you, you did yourself, like in real life, you're like, come on, dude. Like, what were you thinking there? Yeah. But my, but his character, the other character, Aaron, it's just more like the things he does are more like overtly, like quote unquote wrong, (laughs) wrong or questionable or misguided. Basically they're both like irritating in a realistic way in their own ways. 
but Aaron's stuff could really like rub certain people the wrong way because, you know, the volume of his fuck ups was louder, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, no, definitely. <laughs> and so just like, I remember like, you know, getting in a conversation, like, you know, a friend of mine telling me like how his, like his mom had come to see it and, and like, uh, how she'd felt about like Aaron's character and like me getting like very defensive, like protective of, of Aaron's character. Like, no, he's a good guy. He's just messed, he's just <laughs> yeah, messed things up. Yeah. People make mistakes. Yeah. It's okay for people to make mistakes. Exactly. 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 It's, yeah. And it's, you know. It shows a few things. One, like, you know, you grow to love your characters and they're very, I know that he's not a real person, but at the same time, like, um, you know, I haven't deviated from reality entirely, but like he feels real to me. And also there's enough people in my own life who like inspired that character that, you know, as I'm prone to let, you know, defend them, it, you know, for certain, you know, for certain things they do that are called out. And like sometimes, you know, things yeah. your friends do, people in your life do, are, are fucked up or wrong or irritating. And like, you know, and yeah, they need to be called out for it. And those things can be criticized and whatnot. But I always try to keep in mind too, is like, you know, why I love that person in the first place. And so, you know, they need to be <laughs> criticized, corrected, what have you, like for certain things that they're doing, but also keeping in mind, like what makes them wonderful people to begin with, you know what I mean? And not losing sight of that. And so that was kind of the yeah. same thing, like, you know, when defending a character, Especially a character like Aaron, who can be, you know, so readily and easily kind of like attacked because, yeah, he does some really stupid shit. He does some really, you know, wrong things. But my character, my Brad, the other character, Brad, the character I play, like, you know, loves him and is very like loyal to him for, for a reason, for reasons. Yeah. It is that fine line of making a character like realistically frustrating and, you know, audience going through that experience. And that's at the end of the day, like, you know, I honestly just try to like as much as possible forget about how people might react to a certain thing. I just try to stay true to like just however I'm feeling about it. Like, you know, if how it's sitting with me and just follow through on that. Cause I've just kind of learned like over the years that and I'm continuing to like to relearn this. Like the more I just simply write like what I feel out of conviction about and then the audience is going to react however they react. Cause uh, some movies I do, I don't do any test screenings. Sometimes I will do like test screenings. It just depends on the film and it depends on like, for instance, like uh, save yourself. I'm like, I'm not doing any test screens for save yourself. Yeah. I know exactly like what I want this movie. Like, I mean, with all of them, I know exactly what I want them to be, but like, I don't, I just, it was just one of those movies. I'm like, I just felt in my gut. I'm like, I don't need to like people to weigh in on, you know what I mean? Cause it's such a delicate dance with that movie. Like mm-hmm. all like the exchange between, cause it's like, a, you know, the whole thing is a conversation between these two people. Yeah. So I felt like there was nothing I needed to like clear, clear. And I like, you know, I got it to where I, I wanted and needed it to be. So like that one, for instance, I didn't do any, any test screening. Uh, Cold Feet, we did do a test screening. we just like a very small group of people, like six people. And that did help. Like, you know, uh, we learned that like it, the test, screen, that was probably like, our best test screening as far as like the reaction went. So that was really exciting. And also like it pinpointed like a few like little things that were like, okay, because that one too, like there's so many characters in that one and so much ha- going on in it plot wise that we're like, okay, do we need to like make this one thing a little more obvious? Do we need to like include this little detail here to, to clear this up? You know, things like that. So that helped with just like fine tuning those little things. This is a whole other topic, but I test, I test extensively, but also I do believe in, in trusting yourself and going, going with your gut. I, it depends so. on the, pro- yeah, it depends on the project. It depends what you're. It just depends. There's all kinds of factors. And again, like I said, like, you know, it's kind of like, I think on average, like I would say, like we've test screened, like, you know, every other movie kind of thing. Like, I feel like it will, then we got lucky. was a different thing because I did, I didn't test screen that movie, but I did the play, you know, we did the play first. And so we got some feedback from the play 
I didn't apply any of it, <laughs> but I did. Um, <laughs> I did when making the movie because we made the movie like pretty much right after, and that was interesting too. I did through editing that movie. I was like, oh, we don't need this, 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 and so I made the movie wind up being like twenty five minutes shorter than than the play. There are certain things I'm like, oh, that needed to be on stage, but with this film, like I don't need these for a variety of reasons. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, sometimes the test screening process, long story short, is very beneficial and a lot of fun and useful. And again, as we know, like no movies for everyone. Yeah, because their you know their emotions are getting engaged in that way that's not entirely pleasant to them. They just might not like the movie, and that's okay. Like that is what it is. You know, it doesn't mean you did a bad job with the character. It just means like, oh, this really got a reaction out of out of someone. Like I know, like some people like found like the character, like you know, reading some like Amazon reviews, like oh, certain people found the character of Amy and save yourself, like oh, I don't, I don't like how she's like you know a woman who's like this, and she's like that, you know, blah blah blah, or whatnot. Yeah. And I'm just like, well, that's I-, I don't know, like some of that stuff. I'm just like, okay, well, that's who this person is. She's a very realistic type of person, like, and someone's like, oh, I get tired of like seeing a woman like portrayed like with like, why does she get annoyed by certain things? Or I'm like, well, because I, I, I don't know. It's just kind of like, oh man, I can't I, go yeah. down the rabbit hole I'd, I'd with that stuff. I'd love to show you some of some of the twelve months notes that I got because uh, oh, we yeah. tested twelve months, I think at least with a hundred people, maybe more, and so uh, like, yeah, you get some really interesting reactions of how people interpret things especially like you said like we're you know bringing this all back around like especially when you're putting flawed characters up there on the screen like people can be really judgmental and i think that's something that's if you're kind of more uh, human-centered filmmakers like both you and i are which is it's kind of weird to say you think all stories would be human-centered but that but i feel like our work it forces you to be more understanding of people and more sort of like yeah not outright just automatically forgiving flaws but at least understanding where people's flaws come from uh, what what and why they're doing what they're doing because right. that's kind of the work we're constantly doing and constantly studying with the movies that we're making and and i think that's a right personally for me has been a huge benefit uh i feel like for my character and and maturity it's cool like you know you see like now i know more like where you where you came from in your roots uh which is which is fun so i'm I'm glad we're doing this we're getting to know each other more we are and you know i really think that like the films we make speak volumes about who we are and like you can kind of like mark like where we are in our lives in one way or another sometimes not literally but like in one way or another, like by watching like our work like in progression like over the years. Yeah, yeah. I I mean that's why I I absolutely I never want to bury any of my films or any of my work. Like it's all part of the sort of journey that I'm taking as a person through my life, but also my creative journey. And and each thing builds upon the last. Yeah. Another quick question. So with the three films, uh, so Baron Sally, just a thing in terms of like your crew. And whatnot. Was it literally just you and the two actors on? Literally just me. How how what was your audio set up? You just put like a a mic on a, a C stand above them, or uh... I had the infamous DVX one hundred B. So I had a mic on a C stand, and that was just running straight into the camera, and then another mic on the camera, and uh, I got the job done. What about with Dumb Boys? Did that change up at all, or was that the same? Uh, that I had some crew members there. I didn't have a director of photography yet. Skipping ahead, Sarah Divided was the first time I worked with a director of photography. I didn't have a director of photography. It was just me, two camera operators, and a sound guy just sort of chasing the actors around for many, many hours. So On Dumboys? Slightly bigger. Uh, yeah, on Dumboys. Oh, gotcha. So that was, um, yeah. <laughs> okay. 
And then Sarah divided. What was the what was the crew situation like there? Uh, you know, we had a few crew members. It was more of a. I think it was you know sound guy. Uh, I had a DP, my friend Craig Boydston, who I'm still friends with today uh, here in LA. He's hopefully shooting something with me upcoming. Cool. He had like two AC utility gaffer type people, and then like a sound guy. So. Slightly bigger crew, but not that not that much bigger. We only sh- we shot that one, I think, all single cam too. So, how many days was that shoot? Was that a two day or still one day? Uh, yeah, I think it was two days. It was two days. It was one one day basically for each like part of the film. Yeah, like all the scenes with Mike were one day, and all the scenes with Justin were another day, I believe, roughly. And did Ben Zuck edit all three? No. I mean, uh, another friend of mine, actually, Ben, did a lot of editing on 12 months. So, you know, you keep those people with you, man. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He partially edited Bear and Sally, and I kind of, like, finished it off. Um, I Dumb Boys was all me, which I actually didn't even finish until a few years ago, just because I was constantly, you know, I got into film school, and it didn't get finished, and it was just one of those, like, albatrosses around my neck for a really long gotcha. time. Sarah Divided. Since Reagan was like, she was the force behind that one. She wanted to get it into Spring Flicks, which was like this little student film festival that UNLV hosts every year. She's like, I want to win Best Actor at Spring Flicks. And that, that's what this project is for. Wow, that was a very, like, okay, cool. that was a very specific well, goal. Yeah, yeah. I was like, okay, well, we're, I'm here to help you make that happen. And so... Did it, how did that work out? Well, we, we shot it and then I got into film school at Florida State. So I actually I had to move away before I could finish editing it. And then I was totally 100% into you know my film school work and that program's non-stop so i didn't have any time to work on sarah divided so i just gave notes to ben when he was editing it and reagan edited it and they got it into spring flicks that year and reagan did indeed win best actors so wow it all worked out <laughs> well cool man well i need to uh hop off in a minute here so yeah this will wrap this on up but no this is this was fun cool man all right sounds good cool all right, buddy. That's it. Good well, talk and have a good have rest a... of your week. Yeah, man. Talk right. to you soon. Talk to you soon. Later, buddy. All right. That uh, wraps up our little chat here from episode nine, talking about all of my older, first early short films. Hope you all enjoyed yeah, that. Yeah. That was fun listening back on that. Uh, how would you feel about that conversation and, and, and reflecting on your, your roots? I had forgotten that we had recorded an episode about these films. <laughs> and now I feel slightly exposed, uh, to be honest, to be putting <laughs> such work that is not of the quality that I produce now as like my first foot forward, I guess. Uh, but overall, you know, I'm still very proud of those films and I look back very fondly on them. So I'm glad we talked about them overall. Good, man. Well, I, I again, I, I really enjoyed watching them and it was cool to... Uh, Doing a bit of a deep dive. Something that I wanted to counter a little bit is, you know, as we get into this industry and we're more professionals and, and you know, image is important, a brand is important, people have a tendency to obscure or hide their early works where they're growing and figuring things out. And I think it's important to put that stuff out in the world because, you know, becoming a good creative person, somebody who, you know, creates higher level work is a process and it, and it takes time and it takes a lot of failures and it takes uh, sort of uh, there's an arc to it. Uh, you don't just roll out of bed and create the most amazing thing ever. You have to work your way up to it. Um, but a lot of times that's not like the sexy narrative. So it gets obscured and like that's not what we're here to do, on the, especially on the show. So I hope you all can can see sort of the path, the progression 
of growth that that I've gone on as a creative person. And I certainly look at the work and see that stuff. Well, hey, what's you know transparency, authenticity? These are these are key words for this podcast here. So yeah, I'm, I'm glad we're, uh, you're sharing those movies with with me and in our audience, and, and that we're going to talk about them. One more thing I want to mention too, which is this is hilarious because it's me talking about something from the episode, which is in reference to something from episode eight. Real fast, I just want to give a shout out to my good friends and collaborators, Mark Norris and Matt Wedley, uh, who are also two of the key architects of Act One. We talked a lot about me and Brad having that kind of like, you know, a sense of like equal authorship as writer and director on that movie. But I also want to, I mean, there's a lot of people who brought a lot to that film, but, you know, Old School Pictures was me, Brad, Mark, and Matt, and those guys contributed. Um, I, it's, I mean, I can't even put into words how much they brought to that film. So I just wanted to, to shout them out real fast as well. Uh, thanks again for checking out episode nine. You can contact us at wearestorylife at gmail.com. Also, please check out our website, wearestorylife.com, where you'll find more information about us and what we do as, as coaches and consultants for fellow artists, as well as links to our Patreon and social media pages. Yeah, and if you like the brand, if you like what we're doing on uh, this podcast, me and Alan, we're both creative coaches uh, and, and consultants, and we bring this same sort of vibes, same sort of authenticity and nuance and, and support and positivity to our coaching and consulting endeavors. So that sounds like something you'd be interested in. You can contact us on any of our social channels or, or at our website. We do free 30-minute consultations just to make sure it'd be a good fit and, and talk about how we could be of service to you. Again, you can check that out at wearestorylife.com. Uh, you can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, and Vimeo at Alan C. Gardner and on Instagram at Alan C. Gardner Movies. That's A-L-L-E-N-C-G-A-R-D-N-E-R. Also, Cold Feet is currently available on Amazon Prime, the Roku channel, Google Play, and YouTube. And my other movies are available on several platforms, including Being Awesome, Save Yourself, and Act One on Tubi. And We Got Lucky and Bad Bad Men on Amazon. You follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Clinton Cornwell. And I also want to give a big shout out to our amazing editor, Mr. Mike Jimenez, for all of his wonderful work. And also our amazing loved ones, family, friends, partners who support us through all this crazy creative work that that we do that doesn't always seem like the most fruitful thing, but they love and support us anyways, (laughs) which we appreciate. Yeah, invaluable support, uh, to say the least. Uh, We have many more episodes coming up, so please subscribe and join us next week. This has been Clinton Cornwell. And Alan C. Gardner. With Story Life. Thanks, everybody. Take care. Um, cool, man. Well, yeah, so that was... Uh, yeah, thanks again for checking out episode Finn. nine. Uh, Come here. You can contact us at... We are storylife at gmail.com. Also, please check. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, Alan. I'm sorry. The dog no, 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 it's okay. I was going to power through it, but <laughs> you it happened again. You're trying. I appreciate you. No, no, no. It's, it's all good. Finn, it's come like, here. <laughs> sorry. Come no, here. no, no, no. That was, that was, that was funny. <laughs> It's like a test. Like, can you do your can you do your outro while I call for my dog? Let's see, bro. Challenge accepted or what? Oh, all right. Try that again. <laughs> Thanks so. again for. Okay.